So this week we're continuing our bird talks on the road and you met Jolly in your travels in Vietnam. Yes, that's right. So I met Jolly in a town called Vun Tau, which is about two hours from Ho Chi Minh City, where Kyle and I were um, doing some volunteering with the organization that she set up. So we were out there for a couple of weeks and, um, you know, got along so well with Jolly. You can tell from the interview, she's just sort of radiates this real positive energy. And um, as we as we got to know her, I started to know her story and I thought, oh, this is awesome. Need to get her on Bird Talks, need to have a chat with her. Yeah, I mean, she sounds, she's fascinating to listen to and she does have such a joyful energy. Uh, but what I found the most interesting was that she, despite what seems to be normal for a lot of people in Vietnam, had a real desire to travel from a young age and which is apparently not what's done usually. No, so that that was really interesting as a, a culture, and I'm sure like finance has something to do with it, but in general, people aren't really encouraged to travel, um, even from north to south in Vietnam. She was saying that her family or her parents have not left the town that they grew up in. <laughs> You've got like <laughs> some, something in the background it's a happening. Wild life. That, of Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn's. <laughs> Brooklyn's. Sounds like you're in the middle so of the park. So known for its wildlife. Yeah. The hipsters are running wild yeah, in Brooklyn. They are. Um, yeah, so she, you know, she kind of grew up in this family that didn't travel, didn't encourage traveling, and it's not really a cultural thing, but she had this desire to to go out there and see the world. And it kind of started with this one, well, what was supposed to be a one week trip up to the north to Hanoi. Um, and she kind of did it without telling anyone because she knew that her parents would not let her go. So that's sort of where it began. And she, she tells us about that story and, you know, kind of where it went from there. It's a really interesting uh, perspective to hear. Definitely take a listen. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, so this is Jolly Nguyen, and she's in Von Tau, Vietnam. And let's have a listen. Thanks for joining me in this very, very hot sticky room where I've put mattresses on the walls to hopefully minimize any echo, but I'm sure we're going to have some noise from the neighbors and things like that. It's a very active neighborhood, this one. <laughs> um, okay, so I know we were talking about this just before, and I'm very curious as to how you chose the name Jolly. So can you, what, what is your name, that your Vietnamese name? Mm -hmm. So uh, my Vietnamese name is Huyen. And uh, even for Vietnamese people, this name is quite hard to pronounce because you have to, like, your mouth has to turn a lot, like, and like that. So, for the reason why I chose my name, Jolly, because on my second year in UCT, I was a tutor, like, or actually a Vietnamese teacher for English person. So, my first students, they are half Vietnamese, half American. So, uh, for the little, little, uh, little guy, it's quite hard to, even hard to pronounce in English. So he, he got a problem with like, uh, like speaking. So uh, he loves Jollibee. 
That yeah. was so funny. Yeah, so uh, when I, I taught him Vietnamese, because her mother wants him, uh, both of them, to learn Vietnamese. When I talk to them, I don't know how to let them call my name. After every class, he he watches the t a movie with like Jollibee, uh, like a uh, cartoon. So I come up with the idea that, okay, so my name is Jolly. That's so funny. Yeah. So to make it my students like, easier to call my name, yeah, to communicate. So do your Vietnamese friends call you Jolly as well? Yeah, now they all. <laughs> Everyone. What about your yeah. parents? Yeah, my parents, they call me like, another name, like, Home name, oh, that's <laughs> like so cute name for many. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. I mean, it, it, for me, when I heard your name was Jolly, I felt, oh, that that's perfect for you because you're always smiling. Aww. You have this like good energy. I was like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. So, <laughs> Thank that, you. That's a good story. I like I that. I love this this name as well. Yeah, yeah funny. <laughs> Another thing that we talked about the other day, which I found really interesting, was that you've done a lot of traveling. You've yeah. been to Thailand, Laos, soon you're going to Denmark and things like that. Yeah. But as we talked about, you were saying that in Vietnamese culture, it's not very common to travel, like even from north to south. People right. don't do that. So where did you start getting this idea to travel? And For this idea, come back to my volunteering time during my student life. So... At the time, I don't have any of any idea of traveling as well, like like my generation or Vietnamese, normal Vietnamese people do. So when I was in in from second uh, year in student life, I start to be volunteer for some uh, like charity work, and then travel some provinces in Mekong Delta area in the south of Vietnam. I didn't get the the idea of traveling, but I keep traveling. And it just then, sort of happened. Right, it just right. happened, and then. Time by time, I think, oh, when I go somewhere, I like get something new, like meet new people, meet new culture, because even for Vietnamese people, they speak like dialects and then they accents quite different place to place. Mm -hmm. Traveling come to my mind, like real, really come to my mind of the, the identification of traveling is when I finished my uh, BA, bachelor. I decided to travel all around Vietnam. So that time, I, I think that I need to, before I get the stable job, I need to travel by myself a little bit to like be free that time. Because as I know that when it, you get a job, stable job, you don't have time and you have to care about like money. So normally when you get a job, you just have like two days off or one day off. And the uh, weekend, we and, and the holiday, we spend time with your, like drinking beer with your friends and have a party uh, with your family or, or your friends. So I just want to get free time for my all the time. And I, I decided to travel one month, actually just one week. And I, I lasted for one month. Oh, wow. All, or, or so long. where did you go? So I took one way ticket to Hanoi from Ho Chi Minh to Hanoi, and then that to travel up north to Sapa, to concrete to the highest mountain in Indochina. And then I was so excited, I, I did it. Yeah, I made it. And then I keep traveling around. My idea just like concrete that before, before I, I make this plane, I just say, okay, I go to Hanoi and then go around and come back. And I just get free, just a week, and then come back to get a stable job in, in Ho Chi Minh. And then, when I came to Hanoi, I decided to take 
the trip to concrete the the, the mountain Spansipan. And then when I, I compared, I met some friends. They're so crazy, and they they love traveling. They love to explore new place, new people, new culture, even around just around Vietnam. And then I talked to them during two days of concrete the mountain. We like live together and then talk many topics, but most of the topics related to traveling. So these are just random people you met. Right. Right. I didn't have any plan to meet them. Just like they gathered a group to climb to the mountain. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then after that, I decided to travel more. So after Sapa, I travel around, like uh, come to another province and go back to Ho Chi Minh by bus or by train. I didn't took directly from Hanoi to Ho Chi Minh like I, I did before, like, like I planned before. Yeah, it, it took me one month. That's amazing. Yeah. What about your parents? Because you said to me that you didn't tell your parents you right. were. <laughs> Why didn't you tell them? Yeah, my parents kind of like stable person. So they always encourage me or like give me advice that you, after you graduate, you need to choose the, the stable job, get a stable salary and then have a boyfriend, get married, have a baby. So they like, they draw the, the pace for me. Actually for many, many parents in Vietnam, they do the same. Yeah, so my parents are the same. It's easy to understand because they just worry about their daughter, that's it. But in deep of my soul, I want to be free by traveling. Because I know that when you travel, you get meet more people, meet more culture, and you like, like explore more about your society, so your life, not just go to go to work and then come back, and then we can go to have some beer with friends and party. I I don't like that style. So when I I decided to go to Hanoi because I as planned, I just go one week. So the time I was in in Ho Chi Minh. And if I go just one week, my parents don't know. And after one week, I come back, right? Like normal thing. And then I decided to don't tell them. Because if I tell my mom or my dad, they will say no, for sure. They have, they, they stop me, for sure. Not, not to say, no, you shouldn't go there. No, yeah, you must stay at Ho Chi Minh. You Why? Stay at Why? Because for them, travel is really dangerous, especially travel alone. Even to Hanoi. Even to Hanoi. And so one more thing that's not really a fit to this decision, but for them, people in the south of Vietnam is more open. You know, this is this is real in, in Vietnam. People in the north more close, and my parents think that their lifestyle is not like our lifestyle, so they don't really like care much about my safety. You know, when you travel there, you meet people quite close and they, they treat you not really well. Well, how did you feel not telling them that? Like, did you feel like guilty or... Before or after? Yeah, like when you decided, I'm not going to uh -huh. tell them, and then you went and you uh -huh. landed in Hanoi. So I, I didn't tell them, I decided I didn't tell them because I think that is... Because I just go to Hanoi, the capital. Maybe the lifestyle is different. I, I know it, but it's not gonna be really dangerous for me because in the big city, not, I, I didn't go to like uh, the remote area or something really dangerous. But then you did, because you went to Sapa. 
yeah, when I got to Hanoi. <laughs> so at what point did you tell them that you were gone? Normally, I went to Hanoi and spent some time around Hanoi first. So it, it took me around almost a week. And then my mom just called me like normal, like, where are you now? When you come back, uh, we have like a party or something like that. I, I didn't remember exactly, but because my mom called me uh, like when one week if she didn't see me come back to home and then she, she would call me like, what's happened to you? Like you're so busy or you are sick or something like that. And then just normal, she called me and I said, that's how I said, oh, I'm in Hanoi now, mom. <laughs> Did she freak out? Yeah, and then she said, what? Hanoi? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Where did you go to Hanoi? And I said, I just went there almost a week. And I just, just a week and I come back. Don't worry. And then she quite upset. I know when she called me, like her voice, let me know that she, she, a little bit, she was a little bit angry and, and upset because I didn't tell her. But... She tried to keep it like calm down and it just like, okay, uh, take care and come back soon. I said, but you know, when you talk to her through the phone, you can feel it. Sure. Yeah. 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 So then, okay, so a week turned into a month. What was the dynamic between your parents and you during that month? Were you like, oh, I don't know what's happening? Were they freaking out? Like, were they like, come back? What are you doing? Have you lost your mind? <laughs> so during the, this is good, this is good question. <laughs> Actually, so, during that time when I went to, I decided to go to Sapa to concrete the highest mountain. I just told them that I called to my parents, uh, I would go to that mountain. And for them, they said, okay, they, said, they know it's the highest mountain, but they don't know like how high is it, you know, they don't have the idea of, of the high mountain. They think that, okay, just a high mountain in like in, in the big mountain in Vontau, that's it. They know it's a high mountain, but not really dangerous like that. But actually, it's dangerous. I almost like fell to the age. Once, yeah, because you have no protection. Right. Yeah. Before I, I, I went to Sapa, I just called them that I would go to Sapa. And I said, that, don't be careful because this is, is like ethnic people. And ethnic people, you have some, they, they worry about it. Ethnic people will give you some, like, um, how to say, talk to you, and then you will feel like, like, uh, like, like, yeah, that? I don't mean like hypnotize you or something that, like that, like that. Drug you in some way, right? Yeah. And because this is a new transporter, so many, many parents and people they scare of like track you to the border to sell you. Yeah, that happened. This has happened. Sure. So they they care about that and they they really worry about that. They so they just say like, uh, be careful. Just stay, even you go to stop, I just stay in, in the town, don't go too, too far to the remote area. Yeah, and I keep doing that, like keep contact to them, keep update my situation to make them feel like relaxed and, and be safe. I'm, I'm, I'm safe now. So that must have been a huge experience for them as well. For sure. It sounds <laughs> like they haven't traveled beyond Vontau or the south. Right. How do you even communicate with them like not only do they I guess not really want to or haven't experienced that in their life here's their daughter doing it on her own and then you went off years later and did a lot more traveling do they understand it now do they want to travel as well or well during I did my first 
journal to the north of Vietnam 2014. So up to now is about three or four years. But you know, first two years, they, they still didn't get a judge on me. I can protect myself. I can be safe when I'm traveling. They still really, really worry about me. Within two years, I, I travel a lot. Like, of course, not, not around the world, but a lot in Vietnam. South of Vietnam, north of Vietnam, middle of Vietnam, in the mountain, in the, in the sea, you know, everywhere. And meet many kind of people. And anytime I get like bad story or good story, I, I always tell them. And they, they still didn't trust me that I can, I can take care of myself. For them, I just like a little, a little kid. After, I think one year, yeah, two, almost two years. So 2015, I decided to go to the north to be a volunteer, like full-time volunteer. And they think that it's a crazy, really, really crazy decision. And they stopped me, for sure, they stopped me. And this do the same thing, I just convinced them. Like, this is what I want to do. I will try to get money to survive and then get, uh, get a job. But now I want to do something for myself. I want to do what I really want to do. So for them, they think that if you care of other people, you are crazy. Why? Because they think that you need to care about yourself first. You need to earn your money for yourself to survive, to eat, to drink, to do whatever you want first before you care of other people. But you know, uh, volunteering work and helping our people come to my mind. I don't know when, but during my, my student life, I did a lot, a lot. I cannot count. Yeah, I cannot even count it. So come to my mind with the idea that I can, I, I want to help people. Before I decided to go to the North to be full-time volunteer, I have no idea that I will be a full-time volunteer. I just want to do like charity work during my weekend or my, uh, when I have free time. When I decided to be full-time there, I just want to get the new experience of getting new culture. One of the things that I decided to go to the North because when I was in, in primary school, we learned a lot in, in our textbook, we learned a lot about the North, like tourist rice field, ethnic people, landscape, because it's quite different from the North and the South, especially in, in the mountainous area. So I, I want to experience the real thing, not just through textbook or TV or internet. I want to see it with my eyes and, and I want to touch it. I want to talk to people there, how different they are. How, how can they speak their own language? How can they communicate with Vietnamese people? Like, because we call us as Vietnamese people, king. So how can they communicate with us without speak our language? But actually they do. They speak our language and they have their own language. So before I didn't know that. So, you know, I'm like a, the city girls, like do know nothing. I, I, for people, they think that in the city, you know, everything. Like for me, I think that I know nothing. That's one of the reasons I decided to go to the north, go to Hasa, really up north of Vietnam. And uh, for Vietnamese people, it's quite a dangerous place. Yeah, that Why? province. It's in the Chinese border, and it's quite, it's hard to assess to even house, house by house, it's quite far. Well, 
maybe five, ten, or twenty kilometers. Yeah, it's quite far. It's very remote. Really remote. When I decided to go there, I joined the, the, the project. So I knew that I will live with like team, the, the group of people, not in the remote area. I live in a town. And uh, I lived, actually when I went there, I lived with the international volunteers. And uh, our students, they are ethnic people. They come to that organization to learn and we teach them English and skills. And we, we are like the family. You mentioned it the other day around how their values or priorities are different, like money. Yeah. Like in a big city, money is like kind of the force behind everything. Right. But there it's different. So c can you explain a little bit about your experience with that culture? Yeah, it's really not experience I've had. Because when I went there, I don't really need money. Of course we have we need to we need money for eating for drinking, but when I went there, a like organization gave us food and a place to live. So we live there with volunteers and international volunteers and and students. We live together. By the way, I don't need to pay money for food, just local food. What they what they ate in in mountainous area, we enjoy it. We try to get the new thing, even the the food culture. Yeah, how to drink wine, how to eat the food. Yeah, I am so excited for that. Yeah, I enjoy it a, a lot. So I don't need to pay money for accommodation and food. And the rest of the thing, I especially I can experience that. I don't need to pay money for entertainment. So in the in the city, even you don't you don't want to do it. But you know, when you live in a city, for me, like people do that, so you do it. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to be like a part of it. Right. Know? So you cannot get out of it. Of course you can, but it's hard. Right. Yeah. And you didn't know that you get involved with that. Like you have no sense of that. You just, you just get involved yeah. with it in the private. You almost don't realize you have a choice right. not to. Yeah. Right. So in, 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 in Hassan province, I realized like that I don't need to pay money for this stuff, like buy new clothes new shoes, entertainment, go to cinema to get to watch to see, to watch a movie or to have a coffee with in the coffee shop, in the luxury coffee shop or go to a party and we can with friends or family. So I don't need to pay for those things, but I still enjoy life. You know, that time I realized that not even if you don't have a lot of money, you still can enjoy life. So the main purpose that you want to enjoy life, you want to be happy, you want people around you happy. That is the main idea, the main point of your life. Actually, of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I try to make people around me happy because I love them. So when they're happy, I'm happy. And or people love me, like my parents. If I'm happy, they're happy. So they care about me just because they, they worry that I'm not happy because I, I would be in dangerous situation. So when I, they knew it, I'm happy there. I enjoy the life there. They're happy. How have you incorporated that living back in a city mm -hmm. where, you know, it's if you're living very remotely, mm -hmm. it's easy to live that lifestyle. But if you're living in a city, you, right. you know, you have to pay rent, you have a scooter, you know, right. you have to get places like it costs money, even if you don't want to spend money. So 
for people who you know are living in a city, how do you think you can incorporate some of that? The big thing that I I've get from that experience that I realized that I can live without money happily. That's the main point. Because in in the big city, you see that oh, I'm so sad. I'm so bad. I have no money for this month. I I don't have money to. To buy these shoes, to buy these clothes, to go to the party with my friends, and I think that I had that experience before, when I was in in New City. Sometimes I feel that oh, this month I don't have enough money to buy the new clothes because you just wear the same dress to go to the city, every party. So for the girl, they, they need the dress or new shoes or uh, makeup stuff. So. The main thing that I, I got from my volunteer work in the north of Vietnam that I realized that I can live with the money happily. Of course, I know that when I come back to to the city, I have to pay because I, I still have to survive, right? I have to eat, I have to drink, I have to rent a, the house. At first, when I came back after a year from Hassan to Ho Chi Minh, I feel a little bit like unbalanced my life because in in the there I have like the green atmosphere, um, really clear and clean, green everywhere. But when I came to the big city, it's more polluted and uh, noisy. When I come back to to, has, to Ho Chi Minh, I try to balance this by spend what I, I have. And I spend money with what I have. I don't need to buy more. So I don't need to go to like useful party or I don't need to pay for a movie because now I don't enjoy it that much. Mm. Before I, I want to go there, I want to, want to go to the movie, to cinema because my friends, they invited me. And I just go with the, like, what they want, not what I want. I don't need to waste money for what people want. Sure. Yeah. Well, what about money in a different aspect where, especially in the West, like uh, the US and Australia, um, there's this big emphasis on when you retire, you know, yeah. you need to have money when you retire, you have to be saving, you can't just spend everything. Right. So is that something you think about? Mm, in Vietnam, when you, when you work, you, it's hard to save money for your retirement time because the salary is not enough for your retirement. Uh, in the West society, People pay a lot for tax, right? So you can get a good, like the society pay you back when you get retired. Right. But in Vietnam, of course you can, you get it, but the salary compared to what you can pay for your like medicine or stuff when you get old is like, much more than you can save. If you are just a normal employee, you cannot afford it. And you have to work until even you get old. You still have to work. You don't. You cannot work to the company because we are too old for them. But you still have to work after that. So people try to get like more job when they are young to get more money to save when they get old. So I still think about it. Where you are today, is that where you thought you were going to be like five, ten years ago, or is this a path that? It sounds to me when you're talking. A lot of what you do or did comes from 
this kind of intuition, like this instinct to, I just want to do this. I just, it feels good. I want to do it. Do, do, would you describe your life like that? Or do you think you have, a, you had a plan? You're on that plan? Uh, so where I am now, I have no idea before. Like I said before, I went to the North to be volunteer. Just, I want to be volunteer. Like get one year, be free and then helping people. And I come back together. That time I, I get it out of that. When I finish my volunteering work, I come back to get a job, a stable job to get like monthly salary. So I have no idea that I, I can set up my own organization. I have no idea that I could set up my own social enterprise. Now you can see who I am now. So, but from now to next five years, 10 years, I have a plan. You have a plan? Yeah, I have a plan for that. But before, up to now, I don't have any plan. Just do what I, what I want and just follow, yeah, just follow that. What's yeah. your plan? <laughs> <laughs> this is a plan. <laughs> you know, you're doing your master's now. Yeah. You're also volunteering. Yeah. Volunteering with your, the organization you set up, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. How do you have the time for all of that? Oh, sometimes overwhelmed for me <laughs> because I did a master in like overseas, in another in other country. When I started there, because my work have some people to support me, like to assist me, so I'm not I'm not able to be on the crowd to set up everything, but I can do it online. So it helped me a lot because people can understand what I really want because we, we miss people with the same idea. So we try to communicate better way, like online, email, Facebook, and, and social media things. I was in Thailand for eight months, and during that time, it's, it's a tough time for me, where I have to work the overtime, study in the school, and I come back and work on the library for my assignments and stuff, and have to care about the project. So, you know, when you set up a project or an organization, you have many things to care of. Like from the government, partners, volunteers, and financial, everything. So, even I have some, some people to support me, to assist me, but of course I have to care about it. I don't know what to do by myself, but I need to know what's going on to guide them. So, I always have to work, like, overnight and uh, some of my partners are like foreigners and uh, like for example in, in the US so here's uh, at night they're in the daytime so I have to work like that that's quite stressful in the beginning but after that I get used to it because I have kind of like the idea I, I set a goal and I just follow it and I kind of like have a skill of it so it's helped me a lot and in, in manage the time and manage like balance my life. Of course, it's not really like I expect, but kind of I still overwhelmed with the time. Yeah. What's something that you do that's just for you? Just for me, reading books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I have free time, I just want to read a book. Yeah. And even the time for reading is not enough as my expect, but. When I have your time, I just want to stay in my room in Thailand. I just want to stay in my room and read books. 
Yeah. Looking ahead, this year you have some travels coming. Yeah. You you're going to Europe for the first time, which right. is a place that you've like wanted to go. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. What what is it about Europe that makes you want to go there? Most of my friends and like volunteering time, they're from Europe. Yeah, and uh, I love Europe when I was in I think in high school for geography. I love that subject because my teachers. They, one of my teachers, they, they gave me the idea of Europe is uh, my French teacher. So for math class, for French class, we just like learn how to sing French songs and uh, make like simple conversation in French. But she gave us some stories about France and about her friends, her friends in France. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, Sometimes she linked to other countries in Europe. So that time I get the idea of Europe like too far away from us, too far. But it's like with the prince and princess uh, castle and beautiful landscape and had the snow. I love it. So she she gave us the idea of keep your mind, keeping your mind that you want to touch it, you want to see it in real, in reality. And then when I went to uh, UCT, I get more opportunity to get to know more uh, like friends and their foreigners. So every time they come to make a conversation with me, they bring their own story. And of course, their story about the country. So time by time, day by day, I get more stories about Europe. And I, I pin to my mind that I would go there one day for sure, maybe by traveling, maybe by business or to live there or to study there, whatever, I would go there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And now it's happening. Yes, it's happening. That's so cool. (laughs)